0: A FOCUS SUMMARY OF CHAPTERS 26-28 to 28 OF PRIDE AND PREJUDICE On the first opportunity she has for speaking to Elizabeth alone, Mrs. Gardiner counsels her against involving Wickham in an affection that would be imprudent given his lack of fortune. Elizabeth reassures her aunt that she is not in love with Wickham, and that she agrees it would be better that he did not become attached to her. She warns her that young people are rarely withheld by want of fortune from forming engagements, but she promises to do her best. Mrs. Gardner suggests she start by discouraging him coming so often, and Elizabeth agrees that would be wise. Mr. Collins returns, and the wedding date is set for later that week. Mrs. Bennet resigns herself to the marriage enough to wish them happiness in an ill-natured tone. When Miss Lucas pays Elizabeth her farewell visit the day before the wedding, she pleads with Elizabeth to promise she will visit her in Huntsford. The wedding takes place, the new couple sets off for Kent, and Elizabeth and Charlotte begin a correspondence as regular as it had ever been. But though Elizabeth vows not to slacken as a correspondent, she feels that the comfort of intimacy is over between them, and she is unconvinced by Charlotte's cheerful writing about the happiness of her new life. Elizabeth hears from Jane, who, having been a week in town without hearing from Caroline, decided to call on her the next day. Jane's report that Caroline seemed not in spirits, and that she denied knowing Jane was in town, convince Elizabeth that only an accidental encounter will discover to Bingley that Jane is there. For four weeks, Jane waits for Miss Bingley to return her visit, and when at last she appears, Jane writes to Elizabeth to confess her conclusion that she had indeed been deceived in Caroline's regard for her. She says that Caroline's cold and unapologetic manner convinced her not to continue their acquaintance any longer. She blames Caroline for singling her out and advancing their friendship, but she offers excuse for her behavior, believing Caroline's anxiety about her brother to be the cause of it. She says she cannot help but see duplicity in Caroline's manner, but she resolves to banish every painful thought and think only about what will make her happy. Elizabeth is pained by this letter, but relieved that Jane will no longer be duped by Miss Bingley. All her expectations about Bingley are over, and she even hopes he will marry Miss Darcy, since, by Wickham's account, it will be the punishment he deserves. Wickham's partiality for Elizabeth seems to subside, as he becomes the admirer of a young woman of new fortune. Elizabeth is only slightly touched, believing she would be the favorite if fortune had permitted and, despite her judgment of Charlotte, seeing his choice as natural and sensible. She relates to Mrs. Gardner that since her feelings for Wickham remain cordial, she is convinced that she was never very much in love. Months of cold weather, the prospect of novelty, and the renewed fondness for Charlotte and weakened disgust for Mr. Collins that have come with absence make Elizabeth look upon a visit to Hunsford with greater pleasure she decides to travel there with Sir William and Maria, and a stop in London to see Jane makes it a perfect plan. The more than friendly farewell between her and Mr. Wickham makes her feel she will be ever attached to him with sincere regard, and that he will always be her model of the amiable and pleasing. On the journey to London, Elizabeth listens with little pleasure to the empty-headed absurdities of her companions. When they arrive at Mrs. Gardner's, Jane is there to welcome them, and to Elizabeth's relief, looking healthful and lovely as ever. Mrs. Gardner confirms that Jane has, in fact, given up acquaintance with Caroline. Then she questions Elizabeth about Wickham's new love interest, Miss King, accusing him of having mercenary motives, and her of being deficient in feeling or sense. Elizabeth, seeing this as inconsistent with her aunt's earlier cautions, comes to the defense of both. Elizabeth is delighted when her aunt invites her on a tour of the Lake District she and Mr. Gardner plan to make that summer. The idea gives her a feeling of fresh life. The next day they travel to Huntsford, where Elizabeth is received by her friend with the liveliest pleasure. Mr. Collins, she quickly discovers, has not changed, but is as ostentatiously formal as ever. He seems at times to be trying to make her feel what she has lost in refusing him, but she is not able to gratify him with any sign of repentance. She observes that Charlotte is able to mostly ignore his embarrassing mannerisms, and she learns that Charlotte encourages him to spend time outdoors in his garden as often as possible, for the healthfulness of the activity, of course. While Mr. Collins and Sir William walk the garden, Charlotte shows the ladies the house, happy to do it without her husband's help, and Elizabeth believes that when Mr. Collins can be forgotten, it must be quite comfortable there. At dinner, Mr. Collins speaks glowingly again of Lady de Bourgh's affability and condescension, and Elizabeth relates the Hertfordshire news. Afterward, she is left in the solitude of her chamber to contemplate the day, and she concludes that Charlotte is bearing her husband with admirable composure. The next day Maria runs up the stairs in a violent hurry, and calls Elizabeth down to see an amazing sight. Elizabeth is disappointed to discover that the sight is nothing more than Mrs. Jenkinson and Mr. Berg, but she is delighted that the latter appears sickly and cross, thinking her a proper companion for Mr. Darcy. When the ladies drive on, Mr. Collins congratulates Elizabeth and Maria on their good fortune— which Charlotte explains is that they have been invited to dinner at Rosings the next day.